as we upload this B-side episode, 2023 is just around the corner. And if you're thinking of trying veganism for your New Year's resolution, then this conversation is for you. Nancy C., founder of Manila Vegans, explains to Business World reporter Ashley Erica O. Jose that veganism is not a lifestyle. It's not about going on a plant-based diet. Instead, veganism is a movement and it's grounded in morality and ethics. First, I would like to talk about your journey as a vegan. How long have you been vegan and why did you shift? I've been a vegan since 2009. So the main reason is for the animals. So when I realized that there's a lot of cruelty involved in getting animals to our plate and, and also in other uses, I decided to make the switch. So it took me about a month to be fully vegan. Uh, mostly because the first month I didn't have a lot of information just yet. So I had to get out there do the research, watch videos, read books. And then it was clear that I have to go vegan, meaning I had to forego all animal products from my food choices, from my clothing choices, and also in other ways that I live my life. So uh, what are the struggles that you encountered in shifting, in becoming vegan? Um, honestly, I wouldn't consider them struggles. It's more of an adjustment, you know, as with anything new, you have to learn to do things differently. But it wasn't a struggle because it was very, clear to me that animals really are not resources. Um, you know, I grew up eating meat like everyone else, but once I understood that we shouldn't be exploiting animals or using animals anyway, I would say I didn't struggle because the idea was very clear. It's more that I had to make do in certain situations. You know, in 2009, it was very different. So going out, I just have to be more prepared when interacting with non-vegans. I have to be clear about expressing my position. So I would consider those adjustments, but not really struggles. For a country that loves its meat products, what are the adjustments that you have to make? So, for example, when eating out and the restaurant is not vegan or they're not aware of what veganism is, you know, it's a small adjustment of um, that involves asking, let's say, the server to explain that vegan means we don't want any meat or fish or eggs or dairy or, uh, say, patties or oyster sauce in our food. So sometimes, you know, they, they don't really understand. So we have to explain that these are the things that we consume and then these are the things that we don't consume. So it's more on a practical level in terms of what you're saying, how, how do we deal with the world and the Philippines in particular being not familiar pa with illness. Okay, um, you also mentioned that in 2009 versus right now, it's different. So many years ago, um, veganism is unknown, but right now, veganism has gained its popularity. So uh, do you think that the Philippines has achieved a community growing? The community is definitely growing. So for example, there was a Veg Fest event. It was a vegan festival for two days. And there were, I believe, about 60 merchants that were selling all vegan products. So it has changed a lot. But regarding your question, for a vegan, the goal is animal liberation. It's not about things being convenient for me as a vegan. Our 
our goal as vegans is to end animal use. So we are far from that. And um, that's okay because, you know, it's a lot of learning and unlearning that has to happen. We have to understand that um, the world is not vegan as a default, not because people choose to actively exploit animals. It's more that this is a systemic norm, the conditioning that people are born into. So when people are not vegan, it's not that they go out of their way to kill animals. They don't. It's more that the default is that animals are killed and most people are complicit. So there's a lot of work to be done to break down this connection that people have between what they choose and what really happens when they make these choices. Right now, the alternative meat products is on the rise. How does that help people like you, like in the vegan community? Um, vegans. It's a nice addition. I'm not going to deny it. It's one more thing that we can add to our pantry staple. So it's convenient in that sense, but I have to make it very clear that our goal, animal liberation, does not depend on products. It depends on shifting the mindset of people. It's a liberation movement. So it's not going to be won by corporations. It's not going to be won by things being bought by people, but it's going to be one by people starting to understand that it's not okay for one group of people to oppress another group. So what is the call of the vegan community to those that can really make a difference? Our call is to individuals to number one, be vegan and to be involved in, you know, systemic changes like legislations to be passed so that the barriers to veganism would be broken down because corporations offering vegan alternatives alternatives. You're right. It's convenient for the individual vegan, but we also have to understand that these corporations are just focused on profits. They're not really, you know, aligned with our values or our agenda. The connection of veganism in the Philippines, like the Philippines is um, affected by the climate change and veganism is being connected to sustainability. So what can you say about this? There are many information sources out there like conspiracy seaspiracy that connect sustainability of our food choices with climate change and they make very good points. And I would also like to add that on top of it, we cannot really talk about sustainability without morality. What I'm trying to say is when we talk about sustainability, we cannot separate that ethics should still be considered because if we only say, oh, sustainability alone can justify anything, then what's to stop us from being eco for most non-vegans, they can easily accept that. that. It's not okay to be killing humans for the sake of sustainability. And in the same way, to make excuses. Because the reason why I'm bringing this in is because a lot of um, people try to justify, you know, there's a different way to do animal agriculture so that it can become sustainable. There's another way to imprison animals, to exploit animals, to kill animals to make it quote-unquote sustainable. So I argue that you cannot separate sustainability from morality. That's number one. And number two, there are resources out there that clearly show that the consumption of animal product, it takes up a lot more resources. So it doesn't make sense. But the second point is only in support of the first point. You know, me as a, an ethical vegan, it's very clear. Now for me, we shouldn't even argue about it. But of course, for those who are not vegan or those who haven't made the connection yet, they tend to go the second route. It's like, oh, you know, 
know, yeah, but we can do sustainable fishing or we can invent this technology so cows can produce less gases. So for me, it doesn't make sense because we always have to include morality in the equation. Uh, where are we in terms of education? Because the Philippines have most of it to focus on its livestock products, on its poultry. So where are we in terms of education? Um, we still have a long way to go. For example, in Canada, when you look at their uh, dietary guide, it's really plant-based. But if you look at ours, it still promotes meat and dairy and eggs. So from the perspective of, let's say, government mandates, there's a long way to go. From the perspective of you know individuals, there's also a long way to go. And we cannot deny that there are many different factors that affect not knowing about these. Uh, there are a lot of uh, interests that are pushed by the animal industries that make it difficult for this idea to be dominant. But of course, you know, as a vegan, our community, our fellow activists and advocates, we are getting the message out there, even if it feels like small voice compared to the clutter that's out there. Right now, what are the actions that are being taken by uh, the vegan community? What are the things that you are doing to encourage people to shift the veganism? Well, personally, I manage a Facebook group called Manila Vegan. So there are about 50,000 members in the group. So it's a very careful group wherein people join. They may be curious about veganism. It's a way to know about how to make the change. It's not a formal organization. It's a more of a community. Um, within the group, there are also vegans who, through their own initiative, find ways to get the message out more. So for example, next year in April, we are going to have Animal Rights March. So those are the you know, main things that have to do with uh, street activism. But outside of that, in our day-to-day -day lives, we do have a community to support people who want to go vegan. Um, most of the vegan products, because I really want to talk about it, it's much um, expensive than those that are not. It's much more sustainable. So what needs to be done so we can encourage the non-vegan people to uh, shift? Well, you know, um, these products produced by corporations, uh, the ones that are suitable for vegans. If you want to be vegan, you have a choice to buy them or not buy them. You can still be vegan without buying a single product by these corporations. Of course, when they produce, say, plant-based cheeses or plant-based luncheon meat or plant-based tuna, typically the price point is higher than the animal flesh variations, you know, the dead animal variations, because they're very commoditized and they're produced on a large scale, the prices tend to be lower. So there's almost like this premium in price, right? Because it's treated as a specialty product. So if a vegan wants to eat plant-based cheese, it's not a problem because each individual can exercise their choice. If, if this is what makes them satisfy their craving, no problem at all. But if someone's saying that, oh, I'm be vegan, but I have a budgetary concern, then I would say it's not necessary at all. You know, when I became vegan in 2009, these products did not exist. You can go to the palenque, you can go to a normal grocery, you can buy tokwa, you can buy kangkong, you can buy sita, you can make meals out of them without ever having to buy these ready-made made, plant-based meat alternatives. Okay, um, beyond the lifestyle, can you um share if, is veganism a privilege? Um, number one, veganism 
racism is not a lifestyle. But I do understand why it's often framed that way because as a vegan, you do change many things that you do. That's why it's uh, packaged as a lifestyle. If you go to social media, very often that's the way that it's presented. It's like, oh, you're buying different things now. You're buying this alternative meat. You're buying uh, pineapple leather. It's like buying different things. That's why it's considered a lifestyle. But it's actually not a lifestyle. It's more of a social justice movement. So I would say that veganism, animal rights movement, the comparison would be closer to, let's say, the LGBT movement or women's rights movements or indigenous rights movements. So when we talk about veganism and focus on what it really is, which is an animal rights movement, we are uh, emphasizing that we are anti-oppression. And when we recognize that it's wrong for one group of beings to dominate another group of beings for some arbitrary reason, then we must include animals. Because we already recognize uh, this in other forms. We recognize that classism is wrong because it's not okay for for someone who has more money to discriminate or treat those who have less money in a different way to see them as, you know, somehow less. We know it's wrong. Um, We already know that it's wrong for, let's say, one race to treat another race as somehow inferior. We know it's wrong. We also know that uh, straight people should not be discriminating against people who belong to the LGBT community. We already know it's wrong. So adding animal rights into the mix just means that we begin to acknowledge that animals are individuals. They're not property. They're not machines. They are sentient beings. They can feel just like you and me. And so they deserve to be part of this equation of being part of the social justice movement. What's our call to our legislators? You know, there's uh, already an organization worldwide called Plant-Based Treaty. So they are pushing governments to adapt a plant-based approach. So part of the reason why maybe some individuals or groups of individuals may find it difficult to make food choices is because of lack of, um, it's a combination of food justice and food sovereignty. Let's say we're talking about how farmers are treated here. They don't own their own lands. And even if they grow their crop, they're actually Uh, in very dire situations where they don't get to meet their basic needs. So this is a problem. The minimum wage in the Philippines not being able to sustain a person's needs, that is a problem. If someone were, let's say, in the dairy industry now and they wanted to make the switch, let's say they know, you know, they, they know this is wrong morally. They know this is not sustainable. They don't have government support to make the switch. So the legislative changes that need to happen, it's not very direct things. It's not saying, oh, you have to go vegan. Because we we know that our lawmakers are not vegan themselves. So how can they even consider passing bills like that? But it has to come from like a, a long series of decisions. So being in the animal rights, being in the frame of anti-oppression, we recognize that a lot of these other problems have to be solved first. How farmers are supported, local farmers are supported, how minimum wage hikes are needed. So all of these different problems 
they have to be addressed also. Because even if it's not very direct, they will eventually affect a person's capacity to go vegan. It will affect a person's capacity to make decisions so that they are free to choose what they want to choose instead of being stuck. From the legislative side, if these major problems are not even being addressed, so it has to come from all of these different angles. So there has to be uh, an effort from the government to educate and also, also to support so that people can make the switch to veganism. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Nancy C., founder of Manila Vegans, talking to Business World reporter Ashley Erica O. Jose. A few takeaways from their conversation. The goal of veganism is animal liberation, says Ms. C., and animals should be treated with respect and dignity. Veganism comes from a rights-based approach. It's tied to justice, to equality. As Ms. C. said, veganism acknowledges that animals are not machines. They're not our property. Instead, animals are sentient beings just like you and me. This B-Side episode was recorded remotely in December 2022. It was produced by Joseph Emmanuel L. Garcia and me, Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening and may 2023 be kinder to all of us.